The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Before any of it, we're going to kick things off with our afternoon update, catching you up on all that has happened uh, today. Joining me for it is Kevin Doyle, Group Head of News at Media House, and Sheila Nocton, News Talk reporter. Uh, Sheila, I was listening to Off the Ball last night. I heard you talking about you're the strongest woman in Ireland. I am. Did you know this, Kevin? I did not. This is brand new information. Sheila is officially the strongest woman in Ireland. For the second year in a row. Yeah, look at that. Defending champion. <laughs> Congratulations. It. Yeah, I won't go for a third time now. I have to go out on a high. Oh, will you not? I know, I probably will. <laughs> oh, you have to go for the three-piece. Um, how to teeth this up now. I guess we've gotten a row here in the, over the news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know you'd be in trouble. Um, so what is involved in becoming Ireland's strongest woman? 13 weeks of training, watching your food all of the time um, and lifting really, really heavy things and moving fast. So what are the cat? What are the tests? What do you have to do so in the competition? So there's five events in every single competition. Every single competition will have will, will have different events so you can only train for that comp technically. So I will have an events day every week which is just those five events and then the rest of the time is strengthening all of the muscles you need to do those events. So you do about five days of training a week and yeah, it will always contain, say, there'll be a deadlift of some kind, there'll be something overhead, there'll be moving events which are carrying heavy things and sprinting and then something where you have to either pick up a stone or a sandbag that's very heavy. So is this like the stuff we would have seen on telly sometimes, like picking up those huge big boulders and putting them up on pedestals? That's the really famous, that's the Atlas Stones, yeah. Yeah. And that'd be like the world's strongest man. Yeah, we do them, but obviously much lighter. (laughs) And how did you get into it? I was in gym doing like hit classes and then one day I missed the class and I jumped in on the strength conditioning one and I said, oh, this is actually going all right. Yeah. And then all the girls who were doing that, there was a former strongest woman of Ireland in that gym and I was like, well, if I can lift what she's lifting, maybe I could give that a go. So now I, ha- I should say I came last in like every competition I did for the first year, like absolutely eighth place not did not do well yeah. um, and then just took a 10 month break and came back and, and had a bit it. of a winning streak and on a winning streak <laughs> so uh, two in a row worst world Ireland's strongest woman can you go on now to kind of I don't know a yeah, continental you, crown you're true to UK's which is weird um, so uh, England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales and you would compete against all the girls in your category who got in there now whether I do that or not is a different thing did you do it last year? no Okay. but I was dead set that I wasn't doing it when I won last year but this year I could be convinced if I like the oh events. you'll have to do it we'll see now you'll have to do it do you enjoy it? what's no. involved in when you talk about watching your diet I mean is it making sure you're eating enough or not eating too much what's yeah, the challenge both. there? so you're, it's weight category so you'll have there's about four other strongest women in Ireland at the minute but they're obviously in different categories than me. Okay. Um, so you have to make sure you make weight and that's the worst week of your life. If anyone met me here on Friday, I did so many stupid things. Like I just, because you're hungry and you're thirsty and all of these things. Um, but yeah, just watching your food and making sure you're fueling for your training, mm. um, especially when you've got a very heavy day, yeah. Kevin, how would you fancy your chances lifting those Atlas stones? I'm exhausted after <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no natural uh, upper body strength. No. I, I would be terrible at That's anything like that. That's the bit I'm good at now because a lot of girls aren't good at upper body. So I'm like, if I focus on that and if something else is bad, I'll beat them on the upper. 
I like you know when they if you try to do a pull up in the gym I'm like that competition in Ireland's fittest family where they're just hanging off the bar just dangling down the light ones always do really well on hanging from the bars though uh, you'll be flying yeah. it then you're only a whip of a fella yeah 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 well I'm waiting until we get on to talk about Finn Air and the, the, well actually let's talk about Finn Air then so I mentioned uh, that I, I talked about it with Sean Moncrief and Paul Tighe uh, corrected me that uh, Air Midwest Flight 5481 did crash because of it so um, this is something Finn Air are doing though They've, they have been weighing people. They are asking passengers to volunteer. Let's be, be they're not forcing you to get on. The not skates. yet, Kevin, not yet. Not yet. But the idea is that apparently every five years they have to come up with a formula for deciding the weight of the passengers on the plane. So we all know we go to the airport with our 20k check in or whatever you've you've decided you can afford now because the bag is more expensive than yourself getting on the plane. Uh, they weigh that at check in. You go off with your wheelie bag and you tend not to get that weighed most airlines work on a formula. They decide, decide that if Sheila's been told she can have 8K in that carry-on bag, she's probably put in 7.99K into it. But they've no idea what Sheila weighs. She 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 looks like a slip of a thing, but turns out she's the strongest woman in Ireland. <laughs> so what they want to do is actually try and find a basis or a formula. And to do that, rather than just going the average man or woman is X and the most planes carry this number of young people and this number of yeah. old people, they're actually going to, for a period of time, get people to hop on the scales before they hop on the plane. Uh, inevitably, Sheila, there are people kind of jumping on this story and suggesting that every airline should do it and people should pay more if they weigh more. Why, why am I subsidising that fella to be flown all the way to Alicante? I just think, is that not, are you not going to fall into like a trap of possibly being a little bit uh, uh, like maybe discriminate against people by how they look as you say how they present or um, I don't know a bit of mockery there as well like well you should definitely hop on it look at the size of you um, a bit of that I don't know that's what I'd be for something interesting though I was once speaking to a Finnish uh, lady who um, works in the area of obesity and she mentioned to me that when they're in school doing health checks that they often will weigh children and I was appalled I thought that this was disgusting we shouldn't be doing it and she mentioned that they have You've been very discreet. I mean, everybody listening knows mm. the Finnish lady who works in the area of obesity <laughs> yes. and has talked about weighing well, children okay, in we school. Well, okay, we were on eating with the enemy He's together. going to be my guest at 5.20 talking oh. about this. But go well, on. it's okay. I, I, <laughs> nice I very much, I very much I get on with Dr. Eva after our interaction. But um, it was she, her, her um, way of looking at weight and the fact that if you can develop a good relationship with it and not read too much into it. And she felt that within the school system there in Finland, that was something that they were able to develop. So maybe Finnish people have a different way of viewing weight, but what we, that's fine in schools. There's people of all nationalities, all ethnicities, all over the place who are going to be using presumably Finn Air. And I just think, you know, you're kind of forcing maybe your um, way of being and view of I weight on us. There's an opportunity, though. Should mm-hmm. there not be like all things in life, give and take? So if you're going to start charging more for people who are, I don't know, 20, 25 stone plus, surely then there should be a a lessening of the fee for for small people, such as families with little children who have to pay the full price for a seat for a child who barely fits in the seat. So if they're willing to go one direction, they surely have to go the other. And they won't. That is a good idea, yeah. To balance it out. Literally, this is all about balance. Or else it's about airlines making money. But but it's voluntary. So, so. Oh, no, but Kieran's taking it on to the next step. I'm he's, taking it on to the next step. He, he sees the long I'm game. Kind of, I'm, I, 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 I see the world the way Michael O'Leary sees the world. And I imagine people standing on the weighing scales every time they get onto my aeroplane. And I'm going to make them pay accordingly. 
I, th- I think it's grossly unfair. Like I, th- <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't even, I can't even joke about. It. I'm like it's just, it's just. And in your system, Kieran, could could I? Yeah, go on. Could I, on. could I just pack 15 kgs into my bag and knock five kgs off my body weight? To yeah, carry absolutely, well, but but, be- but uh, you won't see a price differential then. I mean, if you want to just put fifteen k's in your bag, you really taught this out. Yeah, I mean, if you want to stick to your ten kg in your bag, and like I say, you're only a slip of a thing, Kev. There'd be a discount for you. I'm telling you, well, I, I, I did a weight cut and I managed to cut five kilos in a week. So every time I go on holidays now, can I do a water cut and a weight cut like I did for my competition? And then when I arrive there, Absolutely. do I get re- reductions? Absolutely. So I'll if give I you put a myself through that torture. Yeah. Grant, and anybody okay. listening can put All themselves right. through that torture and anybody on the other side of it. I mean, they've just got to pay. They've got to, you know, no longer are the light subsidising the heavy. But you made a very my, good point. Like my utopian future. I've never heard of Fin Air, and I know all about them now. Yeah, so. I suspect there's something about <laughs> I've flown Fin Air a few times. Yeah, they're they're pretty reputable. All right, okay. Where have you flown Fin Air to? Helsinki. Uh, yes, I did. What, what's and Helsinki like? Someone's on. Helsinki is a great city. I uh, dare anyone to tell the Irish saunas. rugby team they need to be weighed before their next flight. <laughs> uh, suggest somebody. Uh, no one is subsidising anyone. Airlines use the formula. I know, I know. If they're texting in to correct me, we, we realise what is actually happening here. The biggest cost factor in keeping a plane in the air is weight. The price of your seat should be based on weight. You see, I told you people would go there. If it's okay to do it for baggage, it should be okay for people as well. Anybody who needs the extended seatbelt should be fined, says somebody. This is, well, we're getting into real dangerous territory now. Finair should be renamed Thinair, which they are walking on. Says somebody <laughs> else. I like Good that. One. I like that. 87 106 Netflix, apparently, uh, somebody has corrected me, is that a show one day. It is not on Amazon Prime, it is on Netflix. I mentioned earlier, if people are furiously scrolling through Amazon Prime uh, to look for it. Um, Kevin, let me ask you about Helen Dixon. So she is the outgoing data protection commissioner. And she has been speaking to your colleague, Adrian Weckler, on his podcast uh, in the Irish Independent um, about the level of fines that have been handed out to the big tech companies in Ireland and to what degree they're paying those fines. Yeah, so Helen Dixon, for those who don't know, is one of Europe's and possibly the world's most powerful women, in theory at least, administrators, as head of the Data Protection Commission in Ireland, uh, where she will be until Monday. Uh, and the 19th of February and then she is gone. So Monday week, she has a, a week left in the gig and she's moving to a job in Com- Comreg. So she's done a kind of an exit interview, uh, giving her thoughts, I suppose, on her time there, during which the her job, I suppose, has grown hugely. There was at one point 27 staff in the, the Data Protection Commission. There's now 230. And she says that's still not enough. But probably the most interesting thing to come out of it is everybody will know that sporadically, almost every few months now, you will see a headline or you'll be talking about here, Kieran, on the show. Um, Meta fined 200 million for some sort of a mm. data breach involving Instagram or TikTok fine for this. Um, so in total, she has slapped in the last two years just three billion euro worth of fines on Mm. tech firms because obviously we know that big tech firms are mostly based in Dublin. And the punchline in all of this is that Ireland has collected 20 million. 20 million out of over three three billion. Close to three billion, which is, I mean, you're talking about pennies here and, and by comparison, it really is kind of astonishing. And the reason for it, it's understandable, we all know, is that all these companies would rather spend their money on big lawyers to drag these through the courts mm. than to actually pay out 
the money which would go to the Irish state. So Ireland would collect this, which is another controversy in itself because a lot of EU countries, yeah. they should get a slice of that. But it's a fascinating stat that she's kind of um, dropped out there as she as she walks out the door. Sheila, you know, when people criticise um, the level of regulation around the big tech companies and the social media companies, one thing that's often pointed to is Helen Dixon and the fines that have been meted out to those companies. Look, we're not completely toothless. You know, look at the level of the fines we've imposed on them. It sounds like they're not even paying them. I mean, that, 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 that money, like 20 million quid across all of those companies we're talking about, the Twitters and the Facebooks and the TikToks of this world. I mean, that is pennies, drops of water in the ocean. So, I mean, it turns out they are toothless, really. Well, less than 1%. That's what's that's what's being collected. Um, yeah. And she also said something really interesting. I mean, she did point to the fact that there's going to be reviews and appeals and possible revisions as well. Now, sometimes those revisions we've seen can go up. But she also said that she did try to get it sanctioned that she could hire more staff so that they could speed the process along. And she was trying to defend this idea of being, you know, us being too this or a light touch mm. or seen as a light touch internationally. And she wasn't sanctioned to be able to hire any more um anybody else in senior managerial roles that she said she could have deputised to, that there could have been more of a delegation of responsibilities and she said she fought for it within budgets to be able to try to get this. So so where, so why? So why was that not something that, mm-hmm. that was sanctioned if it was going to speed the process along and they wanted this money? So, I mean, without saying that they are toothless, it kind of backs up your point a little bit, the fact that there was no will there to to sanction those those hires. Uh, the, I mean, regulators, you really get a sense that there's still struggling to work out how best to deal with all this. And you would imagine that in a few years time, people are going to look back and scratch their heads and think, how did we kind of uh, uh, let this kind of Wild West situation pertain for so long? When you think about the level of harm that children are potentially exposed to on these platforms, when we know, listen, they're great for a lot of things, but we know the negative consequences uh, of them as well. We had Neve Hodnett in here, who's the new kind of online safety Zarina, and she's talking about you know what she's going to be imposing these new rules about taking posts down. But there's no rules and regulations being put in place to prevent those harmful posts being put up in the first place. I mean, it's whack-a-mole stuff. Have you yeah. ever tried to report a post on something? So me, given my history with eating disorders, if I see something that I feel is very, very triggering and just damaging, I report it straight away. TikTok is terrible for it. And I have never gotten told that one of my reports was was legit. I've been told, no, we see no problem with this. And the other day I put up my Ireland's Strongest Woman post and I was told that breaches community guidelines. I have no idea why. And they said, we've pushed it down in the feed. And so I was reviewing it, looking at what I'd done. So there's there's also no system or no structure. And when something actually is harmful, you, you kind of can't even get by that, that wall. And then you've these kind of senseless things of oh well yours goes against the guidelines Yeah I've reported lots of stuff more as an experiment I, it doesn't bother me what goes on on Twitter to, I, it, it washes over me but I, I, at various times I've gone through where you get a particular pylon and reported lots of stuff with language that I cannot use on the radio Kieran, or would never use in my daily life uh, or, or things that you would say about people and almost inevitably all of it falls within the community standards and there is nothing as you say to stop it going there so we we will look back and we will wonder how we let this happen I just hope it's not too late when we do that that we already see political debate has been skewed by what's been allowed to happen in the the, the metaverse if you like Um, and now a lot of what we're seeing in other areas of life sort of public life is being skewed by what our standards have changed because of what we see on social yeah. media, I think. Um, before I let you go, I do want to ask about um, arrests that have been made this mm. afternoon, Kevin, uh, in relation to these arson attacks. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of arrests. This is uh, with 
the the New Year's Eve arson attack. Is that right? There's the one in Ring's End, in specifically Ring's End. the the Shipwright pub, which people might remember, uh, was actually been earmarked for homeless accommodation not for asylum seekers or refugees at all so Gardy made three arrests a woman in her 20s who's been released since and two men a man in his 30s and a man in his 50s and they've seized uh, laptops or phones and clothing and things like that as well what's interesting two things well two two things struck me as interesting about this Pat Kenny had Leo Varadkar on this morning yeah. who during that interview revealed that raids were taking place this morning at that point no media knew anything about raids taking place. I thought it was very interesting that Taoiseach was briefed at that level. I'm sure he doesn't know about every Garda investigation mm. or every Garda raid that's taking place. It gives you a sense place. though of how important this is mm. an issue politically even and how much somewhere on the cabinet table will be breathing a sigh of relief that at least some arrests Something have happened. is happening, yeah. And the other thing I found interesting from this, the indications we have this afternoon is that the three arrests rate made in Ring's End are local to Ring's End and the focus there is very much the line of inquiry is at least that it is a local isolated incident. And similarly, the Taoiseach said when he was on with Pat earlier that the case down in, in Cruxlings, the nursing home owned by the HSC, which was set on fire last week, um, that that would have been had to involve a level of local knowledge. So kind of suggesting that there isn't what some feared a, a number of people going around the country setting fire to all these things, mm. but that actually it's local agitators who are perhaps being spurred on by seeing it happen elsewhere. Do you know what's interesting about that? I covered that story the following day. I was actually in on New Year's Day and I spoke to a local kind of, you know, against racism group and they were adamant that it was not people in the local area that were that were engaged in this behaviour. They said it was people from outside that were coming in to do it and really, really certain about that. Yeah. Now we should say, of course, Karen, no charge is yet. Yes. This is the inquiries ongoing. Rests have been made locally, but nobody has been charged. All right, we'll have to wait and see if there's an update uh, on that. Uh, Paul would have my airline, he says, before the WRC under the Equal Status Act, before <laughs> I could catch my breath. Somebody else says, Jesus, Kieran, stop giving O'Leary ideas. Actually, Sheila, can I put this text to you? Because you always get these types of texts and I'd be interested in your view. Honesty is the best policy. Just tell people the truth about their weight. They're eating too many carbs, so they're fat. Just lose it. It'll be better for their health. Oh my God, you'd need me on for another half an hour. I mean, that, that that's somebody who, thank God for them, has never had somebody with anorexia in their family, with an eating disorder or disordered eating. Or if they do, they don't know about it because you wouldn't get someone in my family speaking like that after seeing me go through what I did. So I would just be careful with your language. That's all I'd say. Well said, well said, Sheila. Listen, thanks a million for coming in. Sheila Nocton, News Talk reporter, Kevin Doyle, Group Head of Me- News at Media House. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.